Hey, good morning, and welcome to Thursday. You know, it's the second best day of the week, because tomorrow is Friday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And, wow, do we have a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, we got big, big news Harry Marpolis, if you don't remember that name, he is the guy who for probably close to 10 years had been telling the Securities and Exchange Commission about Enron and and was being ignored. Uh, He is back in the news today. Uh, This time his target, one of the icons of the American stock market, uh, General Electric, saying that General Electric is running the largest accounting fraud in U.S. history. Bigger than Enron, bigger than WorldCom, bigger than Bertie Madoff. Uh, So I'm going to bring you the details on that. Uh, we got a lot of other things to talk about as well. Uh, news out of China on the trade war, the president's response. I mean, we had manufacturing data out. We had retail sales data out. Uh, the, we had a lot of uh, earnings come out. We'll try to get to as much of those things as we possibly can today. You know, it's only an hour-long show, so you only uh, we only can cover as much as we can get to uh, but the the news out of with Marpolis today uh, taking center stage. If you have long term health care insurance, this is going to be a show that you will not want to miss. Uh, and, and you know you, you don't realize because you know you think about GE, right? When I was growing up. GE brought good things to live in, right? They brought good things to life, and they were they were you know the the people that made the lights go on, and 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 that's kind of uh, what you thought of, and and of course now uh, Je- uh, General Electric has has so many tentacles and arms uh, from oil and gas uh, to long term health care to so many other things. Uh, so it's going to be a a great show. We'll, we'll lay it out for you. I, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about it as I was listening to Marpolis, and then I started reading uh, what it was he was accusing General Electric of doing, and and then I think about the guy's history. Right here's a guy who uh, not only did he did he uh, bring down Bernie Madoff, not only did he he was the guy that also uncovered a lot of the, especially in the currency markets, uh, the banks essentially ripping off their own customers by manipulating the currency markets. And, of course, we know uh, throw the gold and silver and all the other markets in there as well. Uh, So this guy has a stellar reputation. And and so that will be, we'll spend a lot of the time on the show about that. Uh, retail sales were a good number for July. Uh, Amazon, the big, big winner uh, in, in, I guess it was, and I don't follow this because uh, I'll be honest, and I've said this a bunch of times, my wife does the shopping in our house. I mean, I, I don't, 
but but I do know this. I know that uh, Amazon comes to my house. <laughs> that I guarantee you. Uh, and they had, I guess it was Prime Day in July. That I, I you know, the they give the big discounts and whatnot. Uh, that was the large bulk of the good report out of retail sales today. Uh, the the Dow, I thought it would be doing better. You know, the Dow was down 800 points yesterday. Everyone's starting to come to the realization uh, that I was right. You know, and I've said this before. Listen, I'll be wrong for a little while. But at the end of the day, I know what my research tells me. And, and I do this, you know, day in and day out. Am I a Harry Marpolis? Uh, no, I'm not that smart, but I'm pretty good at doing this stuff and reading the tea leaves here. And, and uh, the Dow now just, listen, get ready. Uh, I said it yesterday. You need to increase your exposure uh, to the metals, lower your spo- exposure to the debt markets, the bond market, the stock market, uh, anything that has to do with with debt, and just be very, very careful here. Uh, th- th- this is one of those things where very quickly things can change. You know, we looked at an 800 point drop. That's not even sh- shocking anymore. 800 point. All right. Well, you know, but uh, the normally what we've seen is we get these big drops. Right, and then the next day, uh, the Dow rallies back and whatnot, and it's still May today, uh, but but it just really has the the feeling of a much bigger correction. All the things that uh, they were hoping for don't appear to be happening. Right, the trade war uh, not getting better this morning. I will say this: China made a comment. And they made a lot of comments in the last 24 hours. Uh, But it flashed on the idiot box. So I'm up. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. And I've got both Fox Business and CNBC on, right? You know, I don't have Bloomberg on, but I've got those two on. And they're both flashing this headline about uh, China reaching out, you know, trying to make it sound like, hey, we're offering some great, meet us halfway. Not quite what they said. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Gold's up three and a half. Uh, 500, 500, 1,500, 1,520. Uh, silver's down seven at $17.20. Uh, the Dow, uh, between... Down a few points to up about a hundred points, kind of fluctuating back and forth. Uh, good news out of Walmart, right? So Walmart saying, "Hey, we're doing good." I don't know if you saw the Walmart family, the the sons and daughters of Sam Walmart. They make it's I forget the number. I want to say like a hundred million dollars a day. Yeah, just just because, hey, uh, our father started Walmart. Uh, but it, it is, uh, it's incredible. Uh, maybe I'll get to that on a different show. I've got it saved. I just haven't had a chance to get to it. Uh, we had good earnings out of Walmart. 
bad earnings out of Macy's, bad earnings out of Cisco, not the ones that deliver the food to the restaurants. Cisco, uh, the ones that do the routers and the switches and all that stuff. And I only bring that up, I I pay attention to that stock because that was my brother back before I met Eric had talked me into uh, buying some Cisco stock, and this was before the tech bubble. And so during the tech bubble, it'd go up and split, go up and split, go up and split, go up and split. And then uh, when I finally, when I got married to Sarah and we had Joey, uh, we we used that. I sold it uh, to buy a house right before the crash. That stock has never gotten anywhere close to where it was when I had sold it. I sold it at $72. I think it's in like the 20s right now. Uh, But anyway, let's get to the big news. You know, when we sit here and we think about, you know, what happened, you know, whether it be WorldCom, Enron, made off right and why do these things happen you think about all of the, the, the even the housing bubble right well how was that created well it was created really simply by what allowing people who had no right getting a home loan to get a loan right the liar loans and see what what banks and big companies do i'm not talking about patriot trading okay I'm not talking about uh, the guy that owns an Arby's franchise, or I'm not talking about the guy that owns a landscaping company, or maybe the realtor that owns a real estate office. I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about small business people. Okay, I'm talking about these big companies, companies like General Electric, like Enron, like WorldCom, like Countrywide, right? And, and the list goes on and on. When they make these loans, see, they don't like to hold them. No, they want to package them and sell it. Right? They want to package the debt and sell it. And when they package these things, right, these rating agencies who are supposed to protect us, Right? That's why they created them. They're the ones that are supposed to what? Notify, hey, you know what? Hey, this stuff in here, this is not very good stuff. Right? This stuff's junk. Right? Or, hey, man, this stuff, this great stuff. Right? And, of course, we know about what happened with the uh, with, with the AAA-rated paper and all that stuff of the past. Yet here we sit in 2019. And now we find out the last remaining, and I don't even know if they're still in the Dow, so they may already be out of it, but they're the last of the original Dow components left in, in, in the United States. General Electric shares were down more than 13% this morning after Madoff whistleblower Harry Markopoulos targeted the conglomerate in a new report accusing it of issuing fraudulent financial statements to hide the extent of all of their problems. By the way, I'm going to give you a website. So some of you may have, well, you know what, maybe you're 
a former GE or current GE employee. Maybe you're getting a pension still from GE, right? The, you, you older employees. Maybe you have insurance through a GE subsidiary. Maybe you have oil and gas investments with a subsidiary of GE. Most people probably have some kind of exposure, known or unknown, to General Electric. So they set up, they, this is how confident Markopolis is about his research. Number one, set up a website for it. Don't take my word. Look at it yourself. I love that. www. I know you don't have to say it, but I like saying it. www.gefraud.com He says the fraud is bigger than Enron and WorldCom combined. The financial investigator, that's what they're calling Markopolis, who was probing GE for an unidentified hedge fund, writes that after more than a year of research, he has discovered an Enron-esque business approach that has left General Electric on the verge of insolvency. And I only I get, you know, when we talk about owning gold and silver, Right? And I, we talk a lot about the Federal Reserve right, and how horrible they are. I mean, they're terrible at their job. And we talk about the dollar, and we talk about a hedge. Uh, we talk about being diversified. Right? I'm the first guy to tell you, don't put all your money into gold and silver. I know some of you do, and that's fine. But that's not what I would recommend. But one of the things that, that I, I fail to mention, and it takes something like this for me to remind you. You think it's just GE? Right? Seemingly what? I don't know, every four or five years? More huge blow-ups? And, and think about the timing of this. If I'm right... I told you I'm wrong for a while, but I'm always I always end up being where we need to be. And right here we are, we're slowing down. The trade war doesn't go away. The recession's right on the heels, and then all of a sudden, uh, GE and really not not that GE. Listen, GE stock way way down. It's the debt all the debt that they have and the who's exposed to all of this debt will just ripple through these markets. It's another reason why, hey, you know what, I'm glad I got gold. Right? You know what, my, my, my debt stuff not doing so hot, but you know, gold and silver taking care of me. That's kind of how you do it. My team has spent the past seven months analyzing GE's accounting and we believe the 38 billion dollar fraud we've come across is merely the tip of the iceberg now think about this he says listen we found 38 billion but see here's what he knows 
hey, if they got to pay for that, all of a sudden it causes a ripple effect because they don't have $38 billion to pay for it. Right? And then all of a sudden, all of their other stuff is bad. Right? You see the chain reaction. So, in his 175-page report, Markopoulos alleges that GE has a, quote, long history of accounting fraud dating back to as early as 1995. Are you kidding me? Remember, you know, the CEO that Jack Welch, right? He was one of the icons, right? One of the guys that, you know, yes, yeah, buy stocks, right? That was Jack Welch. By all accounts, a great CEO, revered in the stock business. And now we're finding out, was he a fraud? It's going to make this company probably file for bankruptcy, he told CNBC this morning. I was listening to it. And and he said probably, that's not really what he meant. He knows they're going to be, this is it for them. When you heard the rest of what he had to say, trust me what I tell you. WorldCom and Enron lasted for about four months. We'll see how GE does. Wow. WorldCom and Enron lasted about four months, talking about after it got exposed. They lasted four months. We'll see how GE does. This this probably couldn't come at a worse time. I mean, think about four months. This is going to be Christmas, right, if, if Trump is to be believed, which, again, I know he pushed back the the uh, part of that 300 billion but it's supposed to go into effect in December and, and now you throw in a, a GE bankruptcy on top of it I, so let me just keep keep saying uh, keep reading here for you guys Enron okay now most of us remember Enron we're not really sure we know it had to do with uh, fraudulent bookkeeping and, and trading. I don't even know how it worked. Trading power and stuff like that. It was really complicated stuff. Which is another reason why you should really own a lot more gold and silver than the, what they what they tell you. Because you know what? Gold and silver are simple. Nothing complicated about it. You know, all of these things here that they do so complicated, right? What, what's one of the great ways to fool people? Just make it complicated. Make it boring, right? Who wants to talk about economics? Nobody. <laughs> Who wants to talk about derivatives? Nobody, right? Enron was the seventh largest U.S. corporation by revenue when it declared bankruptcy in 2001. And I sit there and I'm thinking about, wow, right as the the tech bubble pops, 
right? Enron files for bankruptcy. I mean, you, you can see the damage uh, that can be done. 4,000 employees lost their jobs and all that stuff. 21 people uh, were convicted. Arthur Anderson, remember them? They were gone. One area Markopolis focused on, GE's long-term care insurance unit, for which the company had to boost reserves by $15 billion last year. In other words, here's what's happened. GE wrote, and well, I should say their long-term care unit, wrote all these policies. Who knows when? The 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. And they didn't charge enough. Right? They underestimated how much it was really going to cost them as these people got older. I'll tell you what Marco Polis has to say next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In just one week recently... The number of migrants from Africa crossing the Rio Grande into Texas was more than double the total number of Africans caught crossing our entire southern border during all of last year. Border Patrol agents are baffled at how or why these migrants, who are mostly from the Republic of Congo, are flooding across our southern border with Mexico right now. The why is easy. Like six billion other people around the globe, they seek peace, freedom, security, and the prosperity of the United States. The how is less clear, because it requires secret donors to fund flying them first to a country in Central America, from where they're directed to ride or walk towards the United States and enter our nation illegally. Even though some of these African migrants may have legitimate claims for asylum, they still have no right to be here. Under international law, they should seek asylum in the first safe country in which they arrive, which is clearly not the United States. Unfortunately, our open southern border has become so famous now worldwide that migrants from every far-flung continent consider coming here illegally. With liberal cities rolling out the welcome mat, why not take advantage of a free plane ride and then wade across the Rio Grande? Entitlement programs flow to illegal immigrants like a fire hose at a tremendous taxpayer expense. There may be some liberal billionaires who are funding the expenses to relocate these migrants to states like Maine, but once here, American taxpayers are footing their immense bills. So many of these African migrants from Congo have arrived in Portland, Maine, that it's converted its Expo Center into a shelter for them on an emergency basis. Taxpayers are already paying for police protection, interpreters, medical services, three full meals a day, and sleeping accommodations for these illegal African migrants. It's more than 6,000 miles from Africa to Ecuador, more than 2,000 miles from Ecuador to Texas, and another 2,000 miles from Texas to Maine, one of the coldest states in our nation for migrants coming from a nation on the equator. Is this the American dream? Or is this a recipe for a nightmare? 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Get your hard assets in order. I'm telling you, get it in order. Harry Marpolis, Markopolis. Funny name. Guy is incredibly good at what he does. GE has been running a decades-long fraud by providing top-line revenue and bottom-line profits for its business units. Okay, so so here they are. They announce their earnings quarter after quarter. They file their Q10s and their SEC stuff quarter after quarter. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how could they get away with this? So listen to what he says. Getting away with leaving out cost of goods sold? What? How do you leave out cost of goods sold? And how does somebody not raise their hand and say, hey, uh, you know what? I, I took a basic economics class or an accounting, basic accounting class. And I know that there's got to be a line for cost of goods. Right? Anybody who runs a business knows that on the P&L, there's the big line that says cost of goods. And it's usually what? A really big number. Nobody? Nobody nobody said anything? Oh, uh, that's not all they left out. S, G, and A. That's the cost of selling whatever it was, right? Gotta have salespeople out there peddling the wares, general expenses, and administrative cost, right? You gotta have people doing the what? Oh, I gotta do the data entry. Any R and D, right? Research and development and corporate overhead allocations. Think of what did they report? Did they report any expenses? GE's market value on Wednesday was already down to a 78.8 billion. See, here's the problem. People think, well, it's so, you know, it's only 78 billion. Got to remember, it's all the other people with exposure to this stuff and how many others, right? I don't I I think GE may be the worst player of this. I'm hoping. I don't think they're the only one. I think all of a sudden now you're going to see a bunch of these insurance companies, what, adding to their loan loss reserves here real quick. But we'll see. It's already lost $10 billion in market cap this morning since Markopolis released his research. Here's the main points 
that he makes on the website, which I gave you, right? www.gefraud.com. This is my accounting frauds team's ninth insurance fraud case in the past nine years. By the way, they're nine for nine. Well, eight for eight. I'm sure this will be nine for nine. Bigger than Enron and WorldCom combined. In fact, GE's $38 billion in accounting fraud amounts to over 40% of GE's market capitalization. Of course, now, listen, that's outdated. Right now that now that number is well over half of their market capitalization. So it's getting worse already. Making it far worse than Enron or WorldCom ever thought to be. GE was utilizing many of the same accounting tricks as Enron did. So much so that we've taken to calling this the G. Enron case. Right? G-E, right? G. Enron case. And think about this. Didn't we learn anything from Enron? How could that be? How could this be possible? That they were using the same things Enron was using and nobody noticed. Of the $29 billion in new long-term capital reserves GE needs. $18.5 billion requires cash immediately, while the other $10.5 billion non-cash gap accounting charges would be required to take in no later than Q1 of 2021. So, already... They can't come up with $29 billion in cash. They don't have it. They don't have it. Right? They, and, and quickly now, he said, and once they, they do that, they can spread out the other $10.5 billion, but it's got to be all in by 2021, first quarter. These impending losses will destroy GE's balance sheet, debt ratio, and likely also violate debt covenants. So in other words, a lot of loans, these companies get loans. And they're astronomical, the amount of loan, the dollar size of these loans. A lot of times there's covenants in there that says, hey, your debt to equity ratio can't fall before below this level. Because if it falls below this level, you're in default. In other words, the, the, the banks are trying to what? Hey, listen, I want to get my money before you go bankrupt. <laughs> That's why they put them in there. Hey, if you get down to here, I'm getting, you're, you're done, you're paying me my money. Right? And, of course, the whole thing spirals out of control. And, and he says, here's how he explains it. And this is something... That, that I think all of you can understand, because I, I understood, I think you will too. So he's talking about their long-term care insurance business. He said that we compared it to Prudential and Udom. So two big, big players in long-term health care insurance. Prudential and Udom. 
the two insurers with similar pre-mid-2000 vintage long-term care policies. Right. So again, remember what I told you earlier. GE sold these policies decades ago. And they essentially undercharged. They didn't collect enough. They, their actuaries, whoever it was that was saying, oh, well, this is about how much. When these guys get old, it's going to cost this, this, and this. They missed it. When we get back, I want to tell you what Marco Polo says about GE's policies. 800-951-0592. Gold's up four fifteen twenty. Silver, uh, oh, getting ready to turn positive. Seventeen twenty-three down four cents now. Seventeen twenty-three and rising on silver. Uh, of course, if you're just joining us, Harry Markopoulos is the expert in catching fraud on Wall Street today. His biggest case yet, bigger than Enron, bigger than WorldCom, bigger than Madoff, General Electric, who, according to Markopolis, for decades has been committing fraud and essentially misappropriating and misleading all of their investors as to the losses that are getting ready to rear its head in GE, talking about their long-term care division, so their health care division. And he said, listen, we went back and we took two other heavyweights in this industry, Prudential and Unum, and we compared it to GE. Why did we take these two companies? Because they have very similar portfolios. In other words, these guys were writing long-term care policies back in the day with GE. He says those other companies' policies have much lower risk characteristics than GE. Prudential's 2018 uh, loss ratio on similar policies was 185%, and they are reserving $113,455 per policy. Now, again, I don't know. I'm not an expert here, but I'm talking to you people with the annuities, right? You you guys with with the mutual funds, the annuities, long-term care, Right, you pay up front, and you know usually what it is is you make a big balloon, you know, an upfront payment, big big down payment, and then monthly premiums, and they take that money and they invest it, right, in bonds. Well, another reason why this may be worse now is what's happened in the bond market, and so right now, obviously, they're well over a hundred percent, hundred eighty-five percent, right? That's that's not good now, of course. Hopefully they made enough of that up right before these people got old. And they're setting aside 
113500 I'm rounding up, $113,500 per policy for long-term care. Obviously, hey, somebody dies, right? Good for us. Oh, somebody just got Alzheimer's or became completely disabled, and they're only 68, you know, and they're going to live another 20 years, 30 years. Up, oh, bad for us, right? You, you understand. They said GE's loss ratio are several times higher. Okay, when you throw at times, right? That's a hundred. When you say several, okay, that's two to three hundred times bigger than the 185 that Prudential had. They said GE is only setting aside. per policy. He said, right, obviously, right, the math doesn't add up. How did they get away with it? According to Mark Markopoulos, GE would change its reporting formats every couple of years to prevent an analyst from being able to make a comparisons across time horizons. In other words, GE went out of its way to make it impossible to analyze performance of their business units. Now, I'm going to say this. Obviously, it, it wasn't impossible. Markopolis did it. Right, but again, another one of these red flags. Who in their right mind would do that? Do you know the expense it would take to do that? Could you imagine the accounting department saying, what? Hey, we're going to change all the how we report everything and then do it every couple of years? It'd be a nightmare. Right? No company would want to do that. You know, here's what's so funny, right? I'm just to say this out loud. In his report, why would a company do that? Question mark. We can only think of two reasons. Reason number one, to conceal accounting fraud. Reason number two, because they're so incompetent, they're not capable of keeping proper books and records. I'm not sure which reason is worse. Because <laughs> both are bad, right? And each is a path to bankruptcy. NGEs, this is the last point, NGEs debt to equity ratio. GE today says it's three to one. Three to one. If it reported at the end of Q2019, right, if it reported honestly, it would be 17 to one. That means we got $17 a debt for every $1 of cash. Uh, which it is, uh, comp- makes General Electric completely insolvent. I have no idea what it would do 
to the other people in long-term care industry as well. I know, it's a lot to take in. You know, I never know what I'm going to talk about until I get here in the morning. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two GE down thirteen percent on the news. Uh, the Dow, no big bounce back here today. Down eight hundred points yesterday. It's still early today. Uh, the Nasdaq's negative. The S and P's up three. Uh, the Dow's up fifty. Gold's up five now. Uh, for fifteen twenty one. Silver. Uh, continuing now, uh, seventeen twenty-five. So silver getting ready to turn positive as well after big days uh, yesterday. Today's special. I don't have very many. I've got twenty-five U.S. five-dollar liberties, the old ones, eighteen sixty-six to nineteen oh seven. Save twenty bucks a piece today. Four hundred bucks on them. A great fractional material. Eight hundred nine five one. 0592. Uh, GE's response to Markopolis, not very good, uh, said, He's never talked to us. You're right, he didn't. He didn't call you up, right? And, 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 and he's working with a hedge fund to profit off of this. So CNBC asked Markopolis about this. And here's what he said He goes, Yeah, no, I didn't call them. He goes, I didn't want them to try to what? Hide it, alter their books, try to cover it up. I didn't want to alert them. And then he goes, as far as me working with this hedge fund, hey, I got a family. I got to eat too, you know, right? Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. 800-951-0592. to make sure your financial house is in order uh, have your gold and silver ready to go. You know, we're sitting here, and remember, I'll just quote Markopolis again. WorldCom and Enron lasted about four months from when they got exposed. His direct quote, we'll see how long GE lasts. Now, what the repercussions on that, I'm not smart enough to know, but I just know I'm sitting there thinking, man, they got these derivatives upon derivatives upon loans upon loans, and who's exposed to it? Uh, What does it mean for all the people that had policies with them? Are they out? I don't know. I don't know how it works. We're going to find out together. I got a bad feeling it's not going to work out very well for the people that had the policies, but that's just my guess. 800-951-0592. I know the, I bet, well, they can't wait for Friday. Another tough, tough week for Wall Street. Uh, Real quick, the China, you know, the olive branch that they allegedly threw out. Here's what China said today. Hey, U.S., meet us halfway. Why don't you forget about these tariffs that you just put on altogether? Let's go back to where we were at the G20 where we agree to do nothing and you keep talking to us and we'll keep listening. I mean, we're not going to do anything, but we'll keep listening. That was the meet us halfway 
from China today, just so you know, because uh, it was pretty ridiculous as I was watching uh, the idiot box, and, and they really try to sell anything. Uh, and I don't get it. Just tell us the truth. Listen. The Chinese are... Dude, they don't want to play fair, and they're never going to play fair. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. I say get it over with. I know it's going to crush the stock market, but hey, we got to get it done. 800 we will be back tomorrow.